Welcome to a very special episode of a sporting discussion, usually talking sports of all sorts, but today it is cricket. My name is AJ Mithin, and I am joined by my regular co-host, Andrew Jonathan. Andrew, welcome. All cricket, all the time. Love it. Let's pivot to be, a, to be a cricket podcast. I would, I would do that. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't I know, think that's I know you would do that. <laughs> yes. Now, we are very lucky this episode, Andrew, to be speaking with Martin Lenahan, who is a journalist and writer who has covered cricket for a over a quarter of a century, uh, reported on the game's iconic moments, uh, written a book already about cricket, uh, Baggy Green Legends. He's also written 110 Years of Rugby League. You know I love speaking to authors. Andrew, you know I love speaking to writers, and I know you love cricket, so I was really looking forward to this. It's a perfect, perfect convergence of, of our of our passions. And honestly, the, the book is The Ashes, 140 Years of Rivalry, Rituals and Respect. And as soon as I heard that that was the, the title of the book, I was in. I, I love the just the, the extra oomph that there is behind an Ashes series, whether it be from the, the, the men's side, the women's side. It is just... Such a, a brilliant, brilliant series, and there's so many stories. And honestly, I, I don't know how there aren't, uh, well, there isn't 780 pages <laughs> in this in this book. Like, it's it's about 200 pages, 200 photos, and oh, I I absolutely mine mine's in the mail at the moment, so it will be pride of place on my <laughs> on my coffee table during the the summer of of the ashes in yes. australia all right well with that leading i can't i can't add anything to that so before we go to martin lenahan don't forget to follow us on twitter at asd underscore radio we're also on facebook.com slash a sporting discussion here is our chat with author martin lenahan martin welcome to a sporting discussion thanks for having me guys now, Martin, the, the book that you've pulled together is called 140 Years of Rivalry, Rituals and Respect, obviously looking at the, the, the Ashes, the cricket competition between the Australian national team and the England national team. Tell us, how did you, how did you come up with the, the idea to pull 140 years into a, a digestible little book for everyone to read? Yeah, look, it's, uh, I guess it's a life's work for me. I'm like uh, most Aussies, played a lot of cricket growing up, was uh, lucky enough to work at Inside Edge magazine alongside Richie Benno and Ian Chappell and Kerry Packer was uh, my boss back in the early 90s when I started there. So I guess really the, the seeds of uh, writing a book like this were, were sown back in those days and I've always loved writing about the game and uh, just been lucky to be at so many matches and the opportunities just come up in the last few years to write some uh, sporting books. So this is my fourth one. I've done uh, Baggy Green Legends was my other cricket book, which came out a couple of years ago, telling a lot of stories about the, the cap itself and how it's made and those very special presentations of the cap to debutantes. So just an opportunity we felt with England coming out this year to uh, to really look back and reflect on so many wonderful contests between the, you know, the two great cricketing nations. Uh, how many players did you have to talk to to get the to cover so much time, Martin? How many players were you able to have a chat to about their experiences in the Ashes? 
Yeah, we've got about 20 to 25 players in the end. So that really the photos are, are the focal point of these books. They're beautiful coffee table books and so nicely presented. So we just try to sort of add a few stories around that. So spoke to Mike Hussey about uh, 2006, the famous win in Adelaide when uh, Australia pulled out something very special on the last day. So there's a chapter there about home victories and special chapter on women's cricket as well. It's, it's just amazing, the uh, development of the, the women's game. So spoken to a few of the ladies there and Ashton Agar as well about his debut in uh, in England. So, yeah, we usually try and get sort of two or three people for every chapter and then uh, just use a lot of the information too in the uh, the captioning of all these beautiful photos. And those photos, there's 200 of those that are included in the book. How, how far back uh, do those photos go? Are we are we heading back into the 1800s with those? And I'm just having a look at a beautiful photo here in the book of the 1878 Australian touring team, which is, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's amazing, these shots, when you look back at the old black and whites. And they played a game at Lords that uh, – they won and it lasted less than a day. So uh, <laughs> an incredible game. Of course, the Demon Spoffeth was one of the uh, the stars of that team. So just incredible, captained by uh, Dave Gregory. And, you know, the photos that uh, that just take you a step back in time, I think, are just so great to look at. You know, obviously from the Bradman era, there's some wonderful photos there and just the real mix of being able to present the, the current, you know, beautiful images in the black and white shots that work so well too. So just, um, yeah, it's great to be able to reflect. And I think that I think that the photos really uh, just tell so many stories. It's such a thing for cricket, isn't it? The old, the old uh, black and white photos and images and even paintings um, from so far back with the uh, test teams in the grounds teaming with people, particularly over in the UK, because that was – that was really the only footage, if you want to call it that, of the games that were going on over there back in the day when teams had to sail a boat over. Yeah, absolutely. They spent months on the on the boat. And uh, I think, as you mentioned about uh, paintings, I think I remember seeing some of the, the English grounds where they uh, they sit there and, and paint a sort of a portrait of the ground while they're playing. And just, um, you know, there's beautiful. I'm looking at another photo here of uh, Don Bradman tossing the coin with uh, – with the captain Arthur, uh, sorry Arthur Morris was in the Australian team and on the Invincibles tour, and yeah, they are just such incredible photos. And I think that the contrast, I guess, of the the old shots and seeing the uh, the greats of these years, particularly that Invincibles team. I mean, it's just a an epic achievement, of course, as we all know, to go through a whole tour of England unbeaten. So yeah, they just um, I, I just feel like they almost speak to you off the page. Some of these old photos, they're just incredible. And is there a, a favourite? Well, not necessarily a favourite photo, but a favourite photo that lends itself to a story. You know, we talk about the the Invincibles and you know, just how one small photo can capture a, a brilliant series. Or you, know, you were talking about Ashton Agar earlier. One photo there doesn't do that partnership justice. The whole story needs to be told. Is is there one in particular that stands out as being such a brilliant story? Well, as you mentioned just then about Ashton, uh, the photo of he and Phil Hughes together in the middle, I think uh, Ashton spoke about, we all know the situation Australia was in in that game at nine down, and here comes a, a young bloke playing in his first test, and as he said to me, you know, England pretty much thought it was a couple more balls and the, the innings was over, but there's a beautiful photo of he and Phil there together, and he spoke about just how Phil Hughes, he said his eyes were the thing that was really amazing to to a young guy like Ashton. He said he just had this 
amazing. Uh, he said sort of an eyes like a predator, as he put it. So uh, the way they turned that innings around and put the pressure back on England, and for a young guy to make 98 on debut, and there's a few photos there. There's one of him coming off the ground, and there's also photos with his family who made it over there. They had a mad dash. They got to the ground uh, on the morning of the game. So just those images of him being able to share such an amazing occasion with his family, I think, uh, you know, they're wonderful shots, and also him getting his uh, debut cap off Glenn McGrath. So just some amazing shots of a, of a great day in Australian cricket. You talk about that and about him walking off the field and – it immediately conjures up the the vision in my head of him wandering. I just I just can see it. I can <laughs> picture it so vividly. The this is almost like the humble shrug of the shoulders, and it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah like, it's how, just so clear. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think as he said, he to, as he said to me, you know, he he got to ninety eight, and some guys might think I'm just going to push a couple of singles here, and I'm going to have a hundred on debut, which would have been phenomenal. But he said. I've played the same way the whole innings. I'm going to play him a shot. He played his shot. We all know Graham Swan caught him. Uh, Graham mm. Swan being Graham Swan kind of, you know, handed up a bit and showed the ball oh, to the crowd. A bit. <laughs> a bit. <laughs> yeah. As Graham Swan was uh, prone to do. So as Ashton said, you know, he thought he might have let his family down. He kind of looked, he said, it's amazing in a huge crowd like that. You can pick out your, your parents and your brothers, and he said, oh, I hope I haven't let them down. And, of course, they said, you're joking, mate. Like, we've, uh, we've come over here and seen you do this unbelievable thing for a, for a young guy on debut. And I think for Ashton, just to, to do that, but also to share it, as he says, with Phil Hughes, and, of course, so sadly that we lost Phil, and I think it's just a, a moment that uh, Ashton will always have. He hasn't played a lot more tests since then, but um, no one can take that off him. <laughs> Too true. Are there Australia uh, two thousand and five aside? Uh, Australia has had a pretty good run in the Ashes in, in the last twenty odd years, let's say. Um, but before that, it wasn't so great when uh, Greg Chapel and such were playing. Do you do you have much insight from there where England and Botham and uh, Gadding and Gower were all on top? Yeah, I think that, that early 80s, I guess, was a really hard time for Australia. I, I spoke to Greg Chappell for the book and, you know, his recollections are just so clear. I guess he was more around the mid-70s when we did actually start to to turn things around, he and his brother, and he was talking about, I guess, like all of us listening to series from England, listening to the radio, and he said he had a very clear image in his mind of what those cricket grounds would be like just from listening to the radio and picturing it. So when he got there, he said he got to Lords and he got to Edgbaston and these places and, and he, he felt like they almost lived up to the, the dream of what he thought he could be. And he mentioned about the uh, backyard cricket games with Ian, which you can imagine were pretty fierce. They were uh, <laughs> unbelievable competitors, those two guys. And Greg was filthy because he said he always had to be England and uh, Ian got to be Australia. So uh, <laughs> they, they would have been great battles between those two blokes. Ian would not have accepted being England in any way, shape, or form, would he? <laughs> and that and that was before he even met Ian Botham. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, well, I think one of my earliest memories of of Ashes is the it's a nineteen eighty nine Ashes, and it was being at my grandmother's house. Now, I've I've subsequently realised that the times don't marry up so I think we must have been watching highlights but I distinctly remember 
the like Dean Jones running and jumping onto a, a pile of other Australian cricketers. And that's my first real Ashes memory. And over the years, I've realised that I've probably made that memory up in my head. <laughs> but do you do you remember what your fir- your very first memory was, Martin? It's interesting because I think for me that's a series. So I was about uh, 23 years old at that time. I was at, had just left university and you know, I had played cricket a little bit younger than that. So you remember those series. I spoke to Doug Walters about his you know, six off the last ball to bring up 100. I was about 10 or 11 years old when that happened. But that 89 series, and luckily to have Ian Healy, he's written the forward for the book and obviously that was a just a watershed moment in his career and guys like Mark Taylor and Steve Waugh and, you know, Alan Border took that team over there and was as they were really written off and said that they were one of the worst touring teams that uh, went over there. And of course, for a guy like AB, that was you know thanks very much. Red rag to a bull. We're just going to uh, show these blokes what we're made of. And it had been some pretty tough times, I guess, for Australian cricket, which Alan Border had also been part of. And uh, I think that was just the the perfect storm there of. A, a group of sort of young guys coming through, but also some hard heads like Alderman and Lawson and um, Jeff Marsh, and they just did such an amazing job. So I think, yeah, probably for me, that's one of the very first series that really stood out because we were so dominant from the minute. Now, that first test, Steve Waugh, Mark mm-hmm. Taylor, all making runs. Alderman was just getting LBWs for fun, and um, it was just such a great series to watch. Yeah, that was Steve Waugh's cricket coming of age in a way, wasn't it, in the test arena, that 89 Ashes uh, Ashes series where he just bludgeoned them everywhere, particularly with the yeah, square cut. Absolutely. I think he was about 20, 20 tests or 20 innings. He'd certainly – he'd been around a little while and sort of struggled to make his mark and that was just – yeah, it was. He's coming out that square drive and I think he just showed people that he was, he was certainly a – as he turned out to be an incredible test player. But at that stage, no one really knew that he had that in him. And that batting lineup, if you think where he was batting and, you know, guys like Dean Jones, who, who was mentioned, it was above him and uh, Taylor and Marsh at the top. And the day they batted the whole day together in the, in the last test match opening partnership. So to get to speak to Ian Healy um, in depth about that series and just, uh, you know, how much they enjoyed it, the camaraderie. And he went on, of course, to win six I don't think he ever lost an Ashes series, Ian Healy. So he reflects um, on that first one particularly as just a real turning point for a number of players. You must have loved that, Martin, talking to all these cricketers about the Ashes as a as a cricket aficionado yourself because uh, there's a difference between reporting on a game and writing a book about it, isn't there? You can delve deeper into the stories and there's no need to just get info and move on and ship it out. You must have just loved this project. Oh, mate, it's unreal. I'm, I'm so lucky. I mean, I, I spent a lot of years, as you said, reporting on the game is one thing. Writing for Inside Edge magazine was a privilege, but to talk to these guys, and I think luckily enough, guy like Ian Healy, we went on a, a tour of the 1999 World Cup, which Inside Edge magazine ran, and he and Mark Taylor were the, the two tour leaders, um, and they were just basically... I was the dog's body. I ran the show and they were there for uh, celebrity status and they were incredible. Just the time that they gave to the, we had 40 people on a four week trip that culminated in Australia winning the, the world cup final. And, um, you know, we got to celebrate that with Mark Taylor and Ian Healy and it was just such great memory. So to be able to, you know, still have contact with these guys and share these stories and, all these people are just so giving of their time. I think that I reckon Greg Chappell and I spoke for an hour, which is just an absolute honour to talk to a guy like him. And 
as you said, to share these stories. And then I guess you've got to try and work out, you know, how you, how you write the story, how much of it you can use. I mean, they just give you so much uh, gold, as we like to call it, when we get off the phone call and, you, and they've given you so much information. So just an absolute privilege to, yeah, Heels is a great bloke, love talking to him. It was great to talk to to Greg Chappell, um, Doug Walters, you know, just such uh, special names, I guess, in the history of Australian cricket. And hopefully, I, I hope they all look at the book and feel like it's, you know, done their stories justice and they enjoy uh, looking back on all of it. And you talk about the the conversation with Ian Healy and um, being able to talk to him. So from one great wicketkeeper to another, Christina Matthews, uh, the I think still the most capped female test player, uh, most dismissals by an Australian wicketkeeper as well. So, like, how was the conversation with with Christina compared to the the one with, with Ian Healy? Obviously, the um, the the tours that uh, that she would have been on would have been significantly different to to the ones that Ian would have been on. Yeah, absolutely. Christine is, a, I think, a great character and still obviously heavily involved in in cricket at the Wacker. But her her stories, and he all said this too. He feels like the the two was, I guess, from uh, twenty thirty years ago was just such a different experience. And Christina mentioned about um, obviously the money wasn't in the game back then; they were billeted out. So she tells a story about uh, her and another playing bi- bi- player being billeted out into uh, a mansion of a uh, he said a multi-millionaire estate, and he wasn't there when they the guy wasn't there when they first arrived. So. It was basically just a maid in this house. The family was away in Paris. So he said her and her uh, other Australian cricketer who got billeted out were driving around in, in Rolls Royce up and down, going around this state, you know, having a, a great time. Uh, thought they were pretty cool, as she said in the, uh, in the story. So just these wonderful, I think these tours that, uh, you know, just such a great experience. Every Australian cricketer, male and female, wants to be part of the Ashes. So... Christina just had, uh, I think, such wonderful memories there. And, yeah, she does have an incredible record of the, uh, you know, the most number of test matches for an Australian female. And, and I guess, look, eventually women will play more and met more test matches and someone will beat that. But uh, she's certainly right up there at the moment. Martin, did you get a sense when you were talking to the players, you've you've spoken to many many cricketers over the journey, but did you get a sense that when the Ashes comes on, it's a, it's a different kind of... Uh, a, a different kind of topic, a different kind of story. Um, the battle with England that's been going on for so long. Do you do you feel that there's a, you know, there's one link from one team to another? I don't want to make it sound, you know, naff a bit like that. But the, I mean, this year's team will understand that the his, the history that comes before in the Ashes and all of that sort of thing. Did did that come out in the players you spoke with? Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, to go back to Ian Healy again, he sums it up. I mean, he said that uh, the thing he loves most about the Ashes is that you feel the footsteps of your forebears who played before you. And I do think that, uh, look, all of these players now, I love Nathan Lyons, one of the the current guys I spoke to, and Josh Hazelwood. And look, they speak a lot about the history. I think they, like all of us, grew up watching it. They're just lucky to have, um, we watched them all and admired all these guys. And now they're doing it themselves, which is just a an unbelievable honour, but they do speak about certainly this being the pinnacle. I think no matter where England and Australia are in world cricket, it always feels like the ultimate battle. And, you know, Nathan Lyon said that to prove yourself on that Ashes stage is certainly for an Australian cricketer, the cricketer, what really they see as the the biggest test. We know that India are certainly a, you know, a, a world power now and a very hard team to beat, but 
for Australia, I think just having such a rich history and, um, you know, having so many great names have, have done amazing things in the past. They do, I think they do sort of understand the, the history of the battles and the history of, of what's gone before them. And they certainly want to, uh, look, they want to uphold the tradition. You don't want to be the uh, the Australian team. I think we all know what that 2005 series was incredible in England and, they were so dirty about losing that. They came home 18 months or 16 months later and uh, just went berserk in Australia. Seven because it hurt them so much to lose over there and they wanted to make amends for it. And so, Martin, there's obviously a whole range of photos and stories uh, that, that are included in there. Is there one particular story that, or, or moment or match that you really want to tell that that wasn't able to be included in the in the book. Uh, look, I think no. I think we pretty much got to sort of uh, tell the stories that we wanted to tell. Um, I think I mentioned Dougie Walters before about 1975. I think it's interesting with the, with these guys. Some have recollections that you know Greg Chapel spoke for an hour, could have spoken for three hours. I think um, Dougie, let's just say it was perhaps a little more hazy in his recollection of uh, putting Bob putting Bob Willis into the crowd. I think I was hoping, um, as I said, being a person who was about 10 or 11 years old and having um, also been lucky enough to share some time with Doug at a cricket camp I went to as a, as a young bloke and he was there. So I, I wanted to, I guess, share, I was hoping that it'd be about an hour-long conversation. He'd talk about, you know, Bob Willis coming in and just, I mean, that atmosphere in Perth would have been incredible on that day to, to have that hundred in the session, he just the way he just nonchalantly lifted that ball into the crowd, and then of course the pitch got invaded as it always did in those days. And Dougie just walked off, and someone would have had a long neck waiting for him, no doubt. So uh, I think that <laughs> yeah. was uh, that elite, was a elite meant different things back then, didn't it? Twelfth <laughs> yeah, man had a very uh, crucial <laughs> job. I think Kerry O'Keefe used to always joke about his twelfth man duties and uh, making sure the the crate of long necks was ready to go. So. And Doug would have gone straight in and had a beer with Bob Willis and talked about it. So I think that was one story. I, I was happy. I definitely wanted to mention that in the book, but I guess I was kind of hoping that might have uh, yeah, that might have been a longer story or a bit more detail or maybe a bit of sledging or there was just <laughs> – I just had that feeling with Ian Chappell's team that there might have been a bit more uh, going on. But, you know, Dougie's, Dougie's story, it was still a fantastic uh, recollection of a great day, so – and the what I what come into mind for for me is how good it would be to have a similar thing, but with the England players' perspective. And I'm just you know talking, being able to interview like Ian both of about Headingley in '81, or even like Norman Cowan's uh, for the the series over here. Is there is there something that you would like to do to to sort of tell the other side, or are you are you sort of more comfortable with the, the Australian side of the story and and finding the the good stories there to tell people? Yeah, look, it's interesting. I, I think there would be you know there is so many great English cricketers that have played, and they would have some wonderful stories. So I think you know I've written a book about State of Origin that was for the 40th year, and one of the beautiful things about that was being able to tell you got New South Wales, Queensland, the great rivalry. So being able to speak to guys from both states and tell so many different stories was fantastic. But I guess um, you know we're we're in the Aussie market, I guess at the moment, and that's where this book as land, you know, lands for this summer and, um, you know, with England coming here. So, but there's no doubt that I think that the chance to talk to some of those guys, certainly Ian Botham would be fascinating. I think, uh, 
you know, Darren Goff was always a great character. Phil Tufnell, I reckon he'd have some wonderful <laughs> stories to tell. So, um, you know, David Lloyd, I mean, we've all heard him uh, commentating. Old Bumble, I reckon he'd be, uh, he'd be a cracker to have a chat to. So certainly, um, you know, the, the sports book, I mean, there's a lot of sports books out there, but I'm fortunate the, the publishers I'm doing this with, they're, they're always looking for some opportunities. So I guess if... Um, I guess if they feel like there's enough people would like to buy our, our book about English cricket, we might have a crack at that. <laughs> Why not? Now, you've nailed the timing too with an Ashes series coming this year. That's um, beautifully done. All, all things all things going as they should with an Ashes series coming this year. Um, so how does one get, get their hands on a copy, Martin? Yeah, Cricket Australia are, are right behind uh, this. So the Cricket Australia website is the best place for – for people to go, of course, all good bookstores, all good bookstores, as every author says. But uh, look, Cricket Australia have been fantastic. We do these books as licensing to the sporting bodies. So I've been lucky to do that with the NRL and Cricket Australia. But certainly, they've been amazing, Cricket Australia, and and put a lot of resources into this. So uh, that is definitely the place to uh, to go looking for a book. And um, yeah, you get it through the the shop at Cricket Australia. Beauty. Martin Lenahan, we are incredibly jealous of what you've been, <laughs> what you've done here. Um, it's it's the perfect sort of thing for a cricket nut to be able to do, especially someone with the with the esteemed background you've got in writing and journalism and cricket cricket as well. So we want to thank you so much for coming on and talking to us on a sporting discussion here. Guys, it's been great to chat. Thank you for having me. And yes, I'm very honoured. I must say to uh, have the job I have and to. Uh, to have been able to tell these stories. So I hope everyone enjoys it.